Here's the big question this show answers. How do we leverage technology and human science to positively impact our personal and professional life? The tech human experience has the answer. Here's your host, Inc. 5000 tech founder, neuroscience junkie, and Navy SEAL wannabe, Javier Guerra. Hello, my fellow tech humans. Today's guest is a chief confidence igniter, keynote speaker, and confident living catalyst. With over two decades of experience working with tech giants like Microsoft, Dell, and Salesforce, she is the epitome of high performance and resilience. On a lighter note, she's been described as a breath of fresh air who can ignite a room with her boundless energy. Please welcome Michelle Baker. Always great talking with you, Michelle. Well, thank you so much, Javier. It's so good to be here. Excited to have this conversation and just, you know, let's uh, light it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, I wanted to start off the conversation with just a quick stat. And, and it's it has to do with LinkedIn. In 2021, uh, LinkedIn reported or LinkedIn reports revealed that 92% of hiring professionals consider soft skills to be equally or more important than hard skills. What, what's your take on this? Well, um, great question, great stat, and I, I believe it's very true for the spaces that I exist in, the work that I've been doing. A soft skill is a more of that emotional skill. It's something that's intrinsic to someone's character or their personality, um, something they may be dealing with. And when a company doesn't address that, they can create a, uh, they can unintentionally create volatile or hostile workplaces because people are dealing with so much. Um, and I, I think it's great that they're looking at people's ability to be flexible and adaptable, um, critical thinkers, creative, and all of those are soft skills, right? So when you have those at high levels, you will, you will get uh, better players and you will definitely have greater results. So how do you think confidence plays a role in, in like cultivating soft skills? Well, confidence is basically, and it's interesting. So there's this misnomer that people don't understand. People hear confidence and they think positive, right? So you say confidence, oh, people have confidence. That's great. Well, people have confidence all the time. Confidence is not a negative or positive attribute. It's just your unwavering belief in circumstances or situation or people. You can be absolutely confident that things don't work in your favor. So what I basically do is help people to understand that and to help them tip the scale so that they're believing for more favorable outcomes. So once you're able to utilize your limitless mindset, thoughts, right, your imagination, and to think favorable outcomes, to assume um, good intentions in the workplace, you actually become formidable because you are now using what you've been using against yourself, against the workplace, against your colleagues, and creating more favorable outcomes consistently. And it becomes boundless, right? If you've seen anybody who is a problematic employee generally becomes more problematic because it's expansive in whatever direction it's flowing. Yeah, it makes me think of the second law of thermodynamics, right? It's it's that in, we live in a universe that is either expanding or contracting 
right? So it's either expanding, growing, or decaying yes. in a sense. And um, and it's like we need to continuously expand. And, and yes, so it, yes. yeah, it made me think about that. So I didn't you know. I never, I never thought about it that way though. That if you have like a toxic employee, and we've had those before, right? And it, it's very important to cut those out, like nip it in the bud, because they will infect the rest of the group. And but I guess that's part of that expansion. Right. It would yes. Be like just spread through your team. Interesting. Yes. And there are some occasions where that toxic employee, when you have a, uh, a leader who can look and discover, you know, the thorn. Right. You're thinking of this is thinking about a child, children's book where they had a thorn in their paw. Right. <laughs> the lion. And you took it out and they became your best friend and had your back and did whatever you wanted them to do. When you can find and pluck that. And turn that same, the same level of energy, because it's just thermodynamics. Emotions are just energy. We give, we put so much weight around emotions. It's simply an energy. So when you can sway that energy to be beneficial to the organization, you will have someone who is loyal and incredible in the workplace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't don't get me started on energy because it's gonna <laughs> gonna be here all day. So <laughs> we we can do a whole podcast about energy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's a you're you're getting me fired up about you know this topic for sure. So so let's dive into the the main topic for today: unstoppable women. Michelle Baker on empowering women in tech. Today, we're going to unravel the secrets of becoming unstoppable in an ever-changing, often uncertain world. Michelle has carved a niche for herself by focusing on women initiatives within male-dominated industries like technology, automotive, and transportation. We'll explore how Michelle's transformative coaching combats imposter syndrome and fosters resilience. Tune in for actionable strategies for leading with confidence in a rapidly changing technology landscape. So again, Michelle, thank you for, uh, you know, giving us your time and attention today. Uh, you know, I'm very uh, passionate about the things that you're doing. And, uh, you know, I really enjoy talking about this. So I'll try to contain myself as we as we have these conversations. Uh, in relation to the human edge over AI, right? Artificial intelligence. H how can women leverage emotional intelligence for better problem solving or, you know, leadership in the technology industry? Yeah, great question. And one, so I just want to reframe and I, I had someone who is, she's absolutely incredible, uh, part of another organization, and she helped me reframe. So I no longer say artificial intelligence, I actually say assisted intelligence. Right. Um, so I think of it as a partner. Right. So this this these tools are here to partner with us and help us to be more efficient um, um, and more credible to get things done in a, a quicker manner. And when people actually acknowledge that and they, you know, learn. So the one thing about AI is that it learns really fast. The interesting thing about humans is we have a capacity to learn fast, maybe not as fast. 
and we, as we prepare ourselves and we have a growth mindset, you will interpret change very different than when you have a fixed mindset. So a fixed mindset has an expectation that things will go a certain way or that behave, people need to behave or respond. Like the, I call it the shoulda, woulda, couldas. Right. So when you're hearing that in conversation, it's a very fixed mindset because there is a, a, a conversation about changing something that is impossible to change. It's the past. All right. A growth mindset assesses what is in front of you, looks at the past as possibly a tool if necessary. If not, they know that the past does not it's not an indicator of the future. Right. But use it as as a leveraging point of learning and then moves forward to create a result that will be beneficial for all involved in the future. So what happens is when people are not uh, constantly in a continuous improvement of themselves, change becomes difficult to deal with emotionally. It causes fear. And as humans, we have misconstrued fear for danger. Danger means you're about to die. Harm is about to happen. Fear is just you're telling a story because you're uncomfortable, inconvenienced, or uncertain. Those are my three. Uncomfortable, inconvenienced, or uncertain. And now you've decided to tell your story that this is bad. This is awful. This is unfair. This shouldn't have happened to me. Why is this happening to me? Instead of actually sitting still in the physicality of that motion and deciding that this is one situation and I'm incredible and I am here at this moment in time. There's nothing I can't overcome or I cannot move forward in. And yeah, that's what yeah. I basically talk and train and teach people to do. Yeah, it, you know, and I've, I've had the opportunity to go through some very transformative seminars, weekends, like you name it, right? I've had the opportunity to sit through one of your, your, uh, your events, your workshops as well, which was amazing. And, um, but it makes me think about you know, it's a concept of the fear, fear lives in the past, right? And it will, it's like, I'm sorry, it, it's, um, it's more of like regret and stuff like that live in the past, but it, the fear is kind of more of the fear of the future. But if you're present, like, like that hasn't happened yet, right? And so it, it's like, it's like we're projecting this fear on our futures that hasn't even happened yet. And if you really break it down and think about it, it's almost like insanity, right? Because it, it hasn't happened, but yet we're afraid of it and we're letting it hold us back. And and when you really dig into a lot of these emotional experiences, right, it's it's very eye-opening on how the human psyche works and how we, in a sense, shoot ourselves in the foot, right, um, quite often, so to speak. Exactly. You said that so well, like it, and it goes back to emotion, kind of like that first question you asked me, Javier. And that's one of the things that I, I trip, I look at. And when you think about it, it's something that we really talk about, people don't invest in it. I mean, I tell like some of the organizations that I've worked with, I said, if you're hiring people who graduated from high school, you're probably getting the emotional equivalent of eighth graders. And you're expecting them to be able to deal with change. That's getting faster and faster, which is making them massively uncomfortable. So you like, really, it's it's so when we start actually addressing it and letting people know that this is the, what you're feeling is absolutely normal. This is what all humans feel. And 
It may not be your fault that you can't deal with it because maybe you weren't raised in an environment where anybody taught you to deal with it because they couldn't deal with it because they didn't have as much change as we have. So it probably wasn't necessary for them to deal with it the way you are now. And you're still 100% responsible, right? It's not going to go away. It's not going to go away. And the sooner you face it, the more incredible your life and your the work Right. You spend most of your waking hours at work. So if you if you're not enjoying the workplace, just stick a fork in it. Life is over. <laughs> like I mean, if you don't like your job, that's a miserable life, period. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. It's yeah. So this this conversation is and I, and I really put it that clear to people why it's so necessary to deal with the emotions because they will change everything the ripple effect and the expansiveness in the of the life you get to live as someone who is emotionally intelligent emotionally mature and emotionally equipped is it's boundless it is literally boundless yeah and it's so tough you know and it's 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 crazy it's mind-boggling that like i don't know if they're up to date, but like, I know that Gallup has said that like 70% of the U S workforce is not engaged at work. And, and that's, it's primarily, I mean, if they're not enjoying what they're doing, they're not going to be engaged. Right. And so you spend so much time at work. It's so important for you to enjoy what you're doing and, you know, be fulfilled, so to speak. Right. Um, but you know, from an emotional intelligence perspective, um, what's your take on, you know, if it can be developed, there's just something you're born with, Right. Like, can you give us any color around that? Well, yeah. And a great question. And I don't nobody is born with emotional intelligence. It's if it's not. And very few people have a situation where it's developed in their household. Right. So that's that's kind of what I meant more of like, you know, is it just something you learn as a child or, you know, growing up or. You know, no, it, yeah, yeah, it's not. It, it's you learn it if you are around adults who will help you to deal with fear. So when children are raised in environments where when they are afraid of something, the parent says, hey, you got this. You're amazing. This is this is nothing. You can be, do any, have anything you want. And they take kids out and they help them face their fears and they help them to get back up. And they really have conversations about how incredible you are and how life is limitless as well as you are. That's someone who will be emotionally mature because they will tell this once they feel the it, the internal feeling right of you know being uncomfortable they will step through it they will face it down and they'll move forward because they understand everything we want as human beings is on the other side of fear if you could make if you could simplify and take away anything you hear off today everything you want is on the other side of anything you fear and you know what you fear because you're talking about it as a problem that's your greatest fear the, pro- the most prevalent problem that you have in the workplace is the fear that you're being called to deal with because once you deal with it, it won't happen again. And you will feel so proud of yourself, you will create and begin to exude confidence. The more you face down your fears, the more you generate your own confidence that no one can take from you. See, if you get confident, if you build confidence on external things, someone can always take it. When you build it internally, it creates an emotional intelligence and an armament that no one can take from you. Yeah, it, it's very deep, right? You know, I, I've, uh, <clears throat> it makes me think about, you know, I've struggled with, 
you know, kind of projecting my self-worth on maybe the relationships I'm in or whatever I'm accomplishing, right? But I had to kind of, I had to learn first to identify that, but then to shift that focus inwardly and, and, and in a sense become happy with me, who I am, not based on who I'm with or not based on what I've created or what success that I've, you know, accomplished. Um, and, and also, of course, come overcoming the fears and then teaching, you know, my kids to overcome those fears. Um, it, it's extremely powerful. And it, it's, but it's like, it's very difficult to get that education. You have to look for it. Like, you don't, you don't typically get that at home or in school, right? It's something you have to really pursue, find somebody to, to educate you in that space. So it, it's interesting. It's, it's crazy to me that, that it's not more readily taught, but, um, in your opinion, how do you think organizations can integrate emotional intelligence EQ into culture, so to speak? I mean, it, 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 it's so interesting because there's so many organizations that are, you know, teaching EQ, have incorporated in EQ. And one of the uh, simplest things to do is, you know, have leadership, right? First, right? If they're, you know, it has to trickle down. So it, it rarely goes up, right? If you have the, the employees learn it, but then that first line of management doesn't know it, they're not going to understand it and they're, they're going to thwart it. So it, it really does have to come from the top down. And um, and it's in it's in the culture. So one of the things, uh, one simple thing I, I uh, encourage people to do is to start meetings off with wins. Like what is something that happened amazing, and what is something you'd like to walk away with this meeting from? So you're setting up, you're set, you're changing the energetic level of the meeting, which will change the emotional output of the people in the meeting. Right. And then having them create a future focus. Well, you keep take a note of that. And so now you have people who have great energy and they're thinking about possibility. That combination generally creates great meetings, ha you know, celebrating people. Right. When they do something incredible, celebrating people when they make a mistake because they've challenged themselves to do something different. Now, if it's repeated mistakes, that's a problem, right? But of course, you want people to become innovative and creative because you've got so many people that are scared. They're scared to make a mistake. They're scared to be rejected. They're scared to look bad. So when you can find simple, consistent ways for people to feel like they've been seen and heard, you'll, you'll be amazed at what'll start to happen. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You know, the picture I got in my mind when you were saying that was, you know, Tesla said that if you want to uncover the secrets of the universe, it's you think in, in form of energy, vibration, and I don't know, wavelength. I forgot what the third one was. But but what I what I pictured was like you're walking into a room and like a lot of people are they're, they're just busy. They're tapped out, right? And, and uh, they have so much on their plate, they're stressed out. Oh, I'll have to go to another meeting. Right. But if you can, in a sense, kind of tune those people in that meeting and get them on that, you know, positive energy wavelength of where everyone's kind of vibrating at that positive on that positive frequency, well, then you're absolutely right. You're just going to create more positivity throughout the rest of that meeting, theoretically. Right. But it's uh, I've never thought about it in that perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, I love what you said. It, it reminds me a little phraseology that people often hear me see. You can't get an apple tree from an orange seed. Yeah, that yeah. basically for me means that you cannot create powerful, a positive, 
productive and profitable outcomes from negative mindsets. Absolutely impossible. So you want to get people in a space where they believe in possibility, they're creative, they're engaged. And a lot of times it's just as simple of like, just have people, how do you create where today is going to be a great day at work? Right. It, it, and, and the expectation is not that when it's going to transform because it might take longer than you expect. And that's where people get in trouble. They're like, oh, I've been doing this for two weeks and it isn't working. Who told you it was going to work in two weeks? You're dealing with people's mindsets. You're dealing with an adult who has an entrenched mindset. So your your goal is not, I tell people, your goal is not when, W-H-E-N. Your goal is to keep going until you W-I-N. Hmm. Okay. Period. So when you set that, you will always <laughs> win. You'll always yeah, win. Yeah. When you get a timeline and you start put, trying to put human beings in a timeline, which is difficult because we have, you know, people need to, uh, you know, make forecasts and they need results. And I deal with sales teams <laughs> like nobody wants to hear that. And research and data has shown time and time again, when you can when you invest in shifting people's mindsets, you always get the results. Yeah, yeah, and that that's um <clears throat> that's something I'm really big on and you know we actually start every meeting with the positive, right? What's personal prof- positive, professional positive that happened last week, right? But but like just when you were talking there I just kind of it's like, you know what? Like I should probably had that deeper understanding there. It's like, you know, from a Tesla perspective, but you know, you learn something new every day. Um it, let, let's move to like male dominated industries, right? Um, or just talking a little bit more about that. So, you know, you've had, you, you've been, had the opportunity to make really a significant impact focusing on really women's initiatives, women's initiatives in male dominated industries. What are some actionable strategies that women in tech can use to really lead confidently and, and, and make an impact? Yeah, well, uh, great question. And as I uh, as I connect with these women in these different industries, what I initially hear from almost all of them is that they're not being seen, they're not being heard, they're being looked over, right? They 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 feel so. That's the most common word that I'll hear, right? They feel like it's they uh, have a sense of unfairness, right? So, and I always tell people, it's not what you feel, it's what you will. Right. So when you create a favorable outcome. So the reason you keep feeling this way is because you keep expecting to feel this way. So first, let's set and decide how is it you want to feel? What do you believe you deserve? What do you believe would be a better outcome? So let's start to script that out. The mind can't get you cannot create an outcome that you have not foreseen which is like some, it's basic (laughs) thermodynamics of the human mind that is not discussed or talked about anywhere, right? What you speak about, you will bring about consistently 100% of the time. So let's start having conversations about what a better uh, workplace feels like for you, what a better conversation looks like for you. And then it's up to you to be relentless, And you're practicing in pursuit of that, regardless of what the other person says. So what people generally do is say they want something better, and then they go and make one or two, three attempts. And then when the other person doesn't behave in the way they deem they should, then they say it doesn't work. 
It's never about them. It's only about you and your confidence that you have given the best, most confident, most intelligent you know, version of yourself, regardless of what someone else does. You're not doing it for them. You're doing it for yourself. And that's the work that I, I explain to people. When you, when you can start to internalize your own confidence, regardless of your circumstances and your fellow colleagues, that's when you will start to get more of the WINs, the wins. Yeah, it, you know, I've actually created a diagram, and, it, and I, I bring this up periodically with my team. I'm going to do it again here at our next quarterly kickoff. Is um, you know, because I, I think I don't know who said it, but it's like people have to hear something like seven times before it really sinks in. And so I'll I'll bring things back and bring things back, but but really it's the expectation. It's like a it's like a diagram of of, of humans and kind of way the brain works. In a sense, it's okay if you're walking into a situation like you said and you're expecting to get this result, your brain will literally look to prove itself right. So if you have that opinion like, oh, wait, here we go again. I'm walking into this meeting and uh, it's going to be male dominated and this and that, right? Like your brain wants to be right in all circumstances. So it will look for any points or any occurrences that happen to the say, see, there it is. They will look for the evidence, right? And so if you're not deciding what you want and just claiming it, and then saying, okay, I'm going to work in here in a sense, walk in here and, and with an open mind and just create this scenario. And this is what's going to be and kind of affirm it in a sense, then you're going to be looking for the evidence of the negative to prove yourself right. And you will go down that negative track. And, and it's our minds are much more powerful than, than we realize. Much right? more. Yes, yeah. much more powerful. But and we as human beings have been conditioned to continue to look at external stimuli and results versus um, to internalize. And so it's, you know, that's why I really enjoyed this conversation as someone who knew none of this you know, five, 10 years ago and, you know, just took a deep dive in it because I found it amazing. I was like, oh my God, right? First I was like, oh, I created the dumpster fire. That's my life. <laughs> then I kind of felt bad. And then it didn't last long because then the next thing is like, wait, if I created that, what can, then I just got curious. What can I create, right? And that's where you start to go on a journey. And and, you, and in the process, you're going to hit landmines. You're going to find out there's, you know, blind spots and all kinds of self-limiting beliefs. But, and that's the fun part of being, you know, a human and starting to make it into a game. And that's the, why I love the work that I get to do is when people can kind of gamify confidence and, you know, gamify your, you know, your career, and your your emotional intelligence, your positive intelligence, you will be. I mean, you will exceed your own expectations. Nice, yeah. I'd love to talk more about that, and I want to keep us here all day, right? And you've got a hard <laughs> stop here soon. Uh, so, you know, one more one more thing as far as like you know around career transition. What what advice would you offer to women considering the transition? Right, like they say that people in college right now, they're going to change their career like five times, right? So we have to get good at change. But what advice could you give, you know, women that are really making these transitions, especially those that are maybe, you know, com basically uh, completing like unrelated backgrounds, right? Like maybe they're switching, they don't really have that study in that field, right? Yes. 
Yes. So one of the biggest things, and I love this question, is if you're looking at transitioning, especially into an area where you don't have background, you don't necessarily have experience, clarify your why. So why do you want to make that switch and find something about it that you believe is going to bring you some type of fulfillment, satisfaction, or joy? Because going into an arena or an area that you're unfamiliar with, I, I don't even like the word hard, but this is going to be hard. <laughs> you are going to, you're going to have to probably make more mistakes than you've ever made, feel more imposter than you've ever felt, have moments of embarrassment and, you know, all of that stuff is going to come up. And if it's something that you enjoy, something that you believe that you'll be great at or something you've thought about or wish you could have done or, you know, maybe should have majored in in school, you will have the fortitude and the persistence and resilience to keep going and you'll find your way. So without that clear, clear why of heading in that direction, you'll give up. And then you, in order, like you said, the brain, our, our brain doesn't like to feel bad. So instead of learning from a lot of things, we actually begin to tell the story and pointing outwards and blaming so that we don't have to feel bad, right? Oh my God, they didn't give me a break and they were too hard on me. And, you know, so generally, and that could still happen anyway, but I would really think about why that direction and then definitely find a mentor, find a mentor, you know, one of the first things I did when I realized that, um, you know, assisted intelligence wasn't going anywhere. And I heard some of the groups are where people complaining about it. And I'm like, well, it's change and change is inevitable. And I didn't want to complain was I started looking for other places to go have that conversation. You got meetup, you can go on Eventbrite, there's, you know, LinkedIn conversations, podcasts. It is up to you to inundate yourself with information and knowledge as much as possible. The more you have within you about any subject matter, the more comfortable you'll feel asking questions, the more comfortable you'll feel making mistakes, the more comfortable you'll feel approaching people. And that's where success comes. It's not that you know everything. It's your willingness to um, be collective, to be able to be approachable and to be willing to approach. That's where you find more success than anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's so important, and and it makes me, you know, it, I'm I keep thinking back about mindset, right? As you're, we were talking about mindset. As far as, you know, you obviously help people shift their mindsets, but can you talk a little bit about, particularly how that can be very empowering to women in tech, you know, that are maybe solving problems from like, or innovating. Right. In, yes. In the, the tech industry. Yes. Yes. So mindset work is basically so one of there's a effect. So our human brain is roughly anywhere between. So there's studies that range between 86 billion to 100 billion neurons. So that's basically a super duper duper computer. Right. And all our brain does is synthesize. As uh, Javier mentioned earlier, every time we ask ourselves a question, our brain will validate all external stimuli, our memory, our database to answer that question. Your brain is a storehouse and a warehouse of information. That's why when you've heard people say everything you need to know is inside of you, because when you ask yourself appropriate questions, you will generate an answer and or someone or something to go reach out to. So if you don't have the answer, your brain will remember everything you already know, everything you've read, everything you've heard, everything you've seen, and it will generate um, a response for you. So having said that, 
when you are in a field where you're constantly creating or innovating or looking to solve, the more you can access that, the more you will be valuable. Like one of the things I teach my clients and that's something I do myself, whenever I'm on a meeting, I, I go into the meeting with the full knowledge that I will be one, if not the most valuable person in that meeting. I got 186 to 100 billion brain cells, and they're only going to be talking about a handful of things on the agenda. There's no way I don't have enough information and knowledge and background in me to help them to synthesize all data to help them with outcomes. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. You know, it makes me think about um, our DNA, our DNA in itself. I think it's something that can store the amount of data as like 80,000 compact disks. Right. And so that's that's basically dormant potential that we are releasing literally baked into our DNA as we push through our comfort zone and make ourselves uncomfortable. We are literally expanding our capabilities and it's physiological and genetic. Um, and and it's I mean, science proves that you have literally unlimited potential baked into your DNA. Yet, like we shoot ourselves in the foot and like we're beating our head against the wall and blaming, like you said, right? Like, but but we have what it takes. It's just we have to unlock it, and we have to decide that we're going to do it. Yes, yes. Yeah. And again, so as I said, it's interesting how many people have tried that and go, "Oh my God, it works!" So once I get on a meeting, I say I'm going to be most valuable, be one of the most, if not the most valuable person on the call. I don't care what anybody else says, and I. I synthesize everything that everybody else says as an opportunity to add and expand on it instead of, oh my God, I would thought I should have, I wish I would have thought of that or I was going to say that, right? Which limits. So the mind hasn't gone anywhere. It stays on that little one thing, that one note, instead of becoming expansive in the moment. Interesting. So it's like you get hyper focused and stuck on that coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yep. Huh. Or if somebody responds in a way that hits an emotional, because if you're not emotionally intelligent, they'll say something or respond in a way that triggers you to think that they, they were talking bad or they don't believe you or they don't think you're valuable because of past, because you haven't matured your emotional intelligence to know that they could have meant anything. And because you decide to be valuable, you don't care what they said because your mind is going to bypass that as a trigger. Your mind's only goal is to be valuable. We literally dictate the outcomes based on how we show. How you start anything says a lot about how you finish. And that's the zone. So when you think about athletes and entertainers, right? I was telling someone, you don't pay, you don't pay. When you go to watch an athlete pay, LeBron or whatever, you go, when you go see them play a game, you're not paying for them that to, for them to pay in that game. You pay the fee you pay because they practice that shot 10,000 times. That's what makes them valuable. And that's all mindset work is. It's someone who has taken the opportunity to stretch their mind to the belief that there's limitless possibility for them to be successful in this role. And so as a woman in tech, as a woman in any industry, right, bypassing anything that happened before you, because everyone before you was not you. If you don't hear this, they were not you. Like I literally in my mind, every time I go somewhere, there's a 20 foot doors that are red and they open and they say, Michelle's here. 
<laughs> and don't forget the red carpet. <laughs> right, the red, red all carpet. this stuff, right? So Michelle's here. And it's not yeah. it's it's not for a sense of pride. It's for me to remind yeah. myself that for such a time in this universe, I believe that the only time we have is now. The past is gone, the future hasn't happened, and it's all ha happening right now. So every choice I make right now has a powerful impact. So I choose in that moment to believe that I was put here. It's not an accident. I'm here. I'm a gift. I'm a blessing. And yeah, let's go do this. Let's go do this yeah, to get past that. my ego of emotions that I'm yeah. scared. They don't know me. I'm a black yeah. woman. Oh, I, could, I could go yeah. on and on for <laughs> numerous and countless reasons to all. make myself feel insecure and uncomfortable. Yeah. I decide to think of countless reasons why to be magnanimous and incredible and unstoppable. Magnanimous, I like that. <laughs> Magnanimous, Michelle. yeah. So, so it's you know, it makes me think about. Uh, oh, and I'm drawing a blank. It's it's like setting an intention, right? It's like you're literally setting that intention, and and kind of creating that energetic space, so to speak, and walking in with that intention. But it it's like input output, right? It's like yes. what you put in is what you're going to get out. And yes. if you're not starting off from you know some good inputs, then what do you expect? Yes, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we're getting close on time here. Um, but you know, in your opinion, Michelle, what do you, what technology do you think the world needs that doesn't quite yet exist? Ooh, it just, it comes back to resilience and emotion. Uh, so an app where people could just quickly re just rejigger their emotions or their mindset to limitless possibility, right? We're so quick to judge. We're so quick to be cruel. We're so quick to um, count people out, to speak negatively, to gossip. And I'm like, whatever it takes to get people to do the opposite, right? To speak kind, to um, be affirming, to be helpful, to be thoughtful, Right. Where's that technology? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's so important. Right. It makes me think about, you know, like positive psychology and just really, um, like you said, it's like kind of how you're setting those intentions and starting things out um, because the world is just, it's just dumping negativity on us from every way, shape and form. I mean, I don't even watch the news. I haven't watched the news in years. Um, very rarely do I watch TV because it's just, it's literally, we're being bombarded with negativity and fear. And, it, and that's the inputs that's going into our mind, which will then, you know, expand from there. So it, it's like, we really have to protect, um, protect our minds. And I myself have been thinking like, what is some sort of a technology that could, in a sense, kind of check us, right. I would like to help us to make sure that we're not going down those rabbit holes of, you know, the dark rabbit holes, right? Um, and, and it's interesting with, with the development of, of, I'll say, assisted intelligence, like Michelle, quotation mark, Michelle Baker says. Uh, you know, it's interesting because I believe some of that stuff is going to start to get developed, right? And it's it's a little scary because, it, you know, the, the AI is, it's a bit um, unbridled and, we don't quite know what it's going to do yet, right? As it gets more powerful. So it's a little, I think it's a little risky from an ethical perspective and in a lot of perspectives, but um, yeah, very, very interesting. 
Um, so guests, you know, we, we are coming up on time here. You know, I'm going to ask a couple more quick things of you, Michelle, and then we have to jump. But, you know, what as far I know that you you're a transformational speaker. I mean, I, I've had the opportunity to sit in one of your workshops, which is amazing, very enlightening, very energetic. I totally left pumped after that. And I've done, I've been through a lot of these. I've led them, you know, multi-day workshops. Um, and it was it was really great. You know, I think we we're out in Houston when I attended one of your workshops. Can you help the audience understand more about how you can help? Right. And what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Great question. And yeah, so I, I tell people I'm often hired as a speaker. So, I, you know, what I begin to ask them when they get when they, you know, tell me why they referred to me or they heard me or whatever, I would say you can have a speaker, you can have an ROI because change doesn't happen in the afternoon. Right. So what I really do exceedingly well is to help individuals establish the habit of believing in themselves. Right. So for whatever role that is, when you believe that you're completely capable, you are going to do exceedingly more, perform higher. You become resilient. You become more communicative. You become more collaborative because you will stop um, allowing yourself to believe that things are happening to you and not for you. And some of this seems overly simple. And I tell people success is actually simple. We make it hard. But they, I mean, consistency. Right. One of the first things I do with all people that I work with when I do the coaching is to have them establish non-negotiable habits of morning routines, because that's when you dictate who you are every single day is by what you do when you first thing you wake up. They also create clear, compelling visions of what success looks like in that role. And then I help them to create and establish the habits and the um, activities that support making that role um non-negotiable like they can't not become it because they've they've put in place the things that will lead them there and have them understand that it's a journey it's not it's right it's a marathon not a sprint because it's there's no there you're not going to end up somewhere where life gets magical i always tell people and you might have heard me say it there's nowhere where you arrive where you uh see leprechauns riding unicorns farting pixie dust on the rainbows right this is life keeps lifing and you what i'm helping you to understand is how to embrace being growth mindset and continuously improving yourself yeah and it's so important it's to put it into action i mean we've all been We've all been programmed, whether we know it or not, we've been programmed from the age of zero to seven. And that operating system is running in the background. That's probably making 95% of our decisions or keeping us from 95% of the things that we want. Yes. And unless we reprogram that yes. and, and we understand those, those actions and processes and methodologies to, to get us past those things, Yes, you know, so, yep, yep. So it's basically yeah, embracing it's responsibility, learning and understand the power of accountability and, you know, creating a high performance resilience. So they become unstoppable. They actually understand that because there is no there, stopping is not an option because people are they keep looking for breaks. They keep, when is this going to be over? When am I going to get somewhere? When is life going to get better? It's life is better now today so how do we do that and that's what i show them then they perform that's better awesome. now today that's awesome 
We really appreciate your time, Michelle. Listeners, be sure to check out her work and follow her on social media. Website li links and social handles will be in the show description. One, one last thing, and I know you have to jump, Michelle. From our <laughs> conversation today, what's one actionable piece of advice that you can give to our audience? The, the, the thing I would tell you if you're listening right now is uh, become relentless in your pursuit of creating a morning routine. If it's just 15 minutes a morning, right? And that is uh, the book I always refer people to is the a Miracle Morning. And he has an acronym called SAVERS. Get, make that the thing you do before your feet hit the floor. Do something that inspires, ignites, empowers you because that how you start your day dictates your entire day. Don't worry about how long it's taking you to establish it. The goal is that I'm not worried that I've been doing it for two weeks and I keep missing a day. You'll never get there when you worry about how long it's taking. Remember, don't focus on the win, the W-H-E-N, just get in your mindset. I will create this habit and my life is going to be amazing for it. And you will. Yeah. Love that. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a living, uh, I'm living proof that that is amazing advice because you know, that, that literally for, that is a life changing book, uh, the miracle morning. So really appreciate it, Michelle, uh, listeners don't forget to help your fellow tech humans share this podcast and follow me on LinkedIn at Javier Guerra 360. See you next time on the Tech Human Experience. The Tech Human Experience.